Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Happy Friday, Hope College. Uh, yeah, first one. I feel a little bit like Ted Lasso stepping into his new locker room. <laughs> Smells like potential. So good. My name is Trigvy Johnson. I serve as the dean of the chapel here for those of you who don't know me. And I hope if you don't know me, you will get to know me. We'll get to each other. We'll have life together. A couple quick notices before I introduce our guest. Not guest. <laughs> My boss. Um, uh, uh, if anyone's interested in getting plugged into a Bible study, sign-ups are going on right now. You can get on our campus ministry website. There's posters around with a QR code. I encourage you to do that. I also, hey, big shout-out to Hope Athletics. Big, big weekend ahead. Tonight, we got soccer, men and women. We got football. We got golf. We got other things. It's going to happen. It's on, y'all. We support you. We are with you. Stay true. Stay strong. We are there. All behind you, Hope College. Um, this Sunday, I just want to give a personal invitation to you to the gathering. We're going to bring back the gathering after 18 months of it being down. Eight o'clock here in Dimnit Chapel. It's going to be a, a beautiful time of worship. Let's fill the chapel together with our singing, with our souls, with our friendship, with our love. Eight o'clock on Sunday. And now, it is my great honor and privilege to introduce our president, a uh, beloved friend, an inspired leader, our president of Hope College, Matt Scogan. Welcome him. It is so good. It is so good to see this. Um, by my count, up until Wednesday, it had been 539 days since Dimnit looked like this. And it was too long. It was the right thing to do, but it was too long. It's so good to be together. In the Genesis creation story, uh, there's this pattern where God creates something and he says it is good. And he does it over and over again. He creates something and says it is good. There's one thing that God creates that he says is not good. And it's before the fall, before sin. He creates Adam and he says it's not good for man to be alone. We are not meant to be alone. We're meant to live into community. And my prayer is that as we enter this semester, we also enter a time where we can renew our sense of community because it is amazing to be together. Uh, by quick introduction, my name is, is Matt Scogan. Uh, this is my Friday tie. <laughs> I live in an on-campus cottage across the Pine Grove between Durfee and Voorhees. Uh, my roommate happens to be my wife, Sarah. We've been married for almost 19 years. Uh, we met, we met in this room while we were students here at Hope College 23 years ago. We graduated in 2002. We spent 17 years on the East Coast doing different things. Uh, a little over two years ago, we moved back to Holland from New York City. I was working in the financial industry there. My wife was working as a software engineer and we love living here. Uh, we have three kids. I think we can show a picture of our team up here. Uh, so Sophie is in eighth grade, Lucy is in sixth grade, and Oliver is in third grade. Uh, that's our crew. You'll see us uh, running around the Pine Grove. We also have a dog. Our dog is named Albertus. Uh, he's, he's named after the founder of Hope College, Albertus Van Ralty. We call him Alby for short. Uh, as you can see, we also have a slide in our backyard that was installed a couple of years ago. It, it gives the Durfee guys something to do when they come over. So we're, uh, come on, you, know, you, you love it, you love it. 
Uh, it's so good. It's so good to be together in community. As I said, uh, my prayer is that we would renew our sense of community as we enter this year together. Because from where I sit, from where I sit at Hope College, what I see is God doing some amazing things in this community. First of all, God is bringing people to Hope College in large numbers. The group of new students, the freshmen and transfer students, is the third largest group of new students we have had at Hope College in 160 years. It's... It also happens to be the case that for the second year in a row, we have broken every record when it comes to the diversity of the class. So not only is God bringing here, yeah. Not only is God bringing people here in large numbers, but he's bringing people to Hope College from all walks of life, from all across the country and from every corner of the world. And it's amazing, it's cool. Uh, we had a busy summer, like always, we spend our summer getting ready for you and praying for you. Uh, but this summer we did something even, uh, even bigger than that, I suppose. Uh, we launched something, maybe you saw this in the media, we launched uh, an, a new aspiration, a new vision for a new way of funding what we do at Hope College. Uh, we're calling it Hope Forward, and what we did this summer was the start of what will be a long journey, but we're excited to be taking some steps toward it. Uh, what we're trying to do, in essence, is model as an institution what we want all of you to do after you graduate from Hope College. We want all of you to go out into the world and where you see challenges, we want you to run toward them, run toward them with the power of the gospel on your side. And that's what we're trying to do. Because as we look at higher education, we see accessibility and affordability, or lack thereof, as one of the biggest challenges we face in society. And we're trying to run toward it, run toward it with the power of the gospel. And it turns out, I don't know if you saw the news media over the summer, but the whole world is talking about Hope College in a new way. I heard that the leadership team at Harvard is talking about what we're trying to do. And what we're trying to do is not just an idea, it's a vision that's centered in the gospel. Because what is the core message of the gospel? The core message of the gospel is you are covered, now go and live differently. And we're trying to build our entire model, our entire financial model around that. I'm speaking in chapel six times over the course of this academic year, and I'm gonna talk each time about that, the theme of you are covered, now go and live differently. And we're going to start this morning by talking very briefly about one short story, but a really cool story. It's in Luke 19. It's a story of a guy who meets Jesus, and he suddenly starts to live differently. It's the story of Zacchaeus, and I want to read seven verses from Luke 19. The Bible says this. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector, and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore tree to see him. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. All the people saw this, and they began to mutter, Jesus has gone to be the guest of a sinner. This is the word of God. I, I love this story. I love this story for a number of reasons. For one thing, I love this story because Zacchaeus is short, and I like short people. I'm one of them. Uh, I don't know if, uh, I grew up in Sunday school, and there was a song we used to sing about Zacchaeus. I don't know if you sang the song. It goes, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. As a kid, I used to sing that song, and I used to picture Zacchaeus like, like a leprechaun, like the little, like the, like the Lucky Charms guy. I don't think he was supernaturally small. I think he's just short. He's just short. And I like the story for that reason, because I'm short, and I like short people. I also like it because I, we're told that Zacchaeus loves money. We're told that he's wealthy. We're told that he apparently doesn't mind making money at the expense of other people. When I worked on Wall Street, I worked around a lot of people like that. So I, I, I kind of know people like Zacchaeus, and I, I can relate to it in that way. But what I love most about the story, what I love most about the story is what Zacchaeus does when Jesus comes to town. Zacchaeus does something really rational. Uh, when 
Jesus comes to town, Zacchaeus decides he wants to check out who Jesus is. He wants to see what all the hype is about. Because Jesus is the most famous person alive at the time of Zacchaeus. He's always traveling with huge crowds. He's a huge celebrity. And when Jesus comes to Zacchaeus' town, Zacchaeus says, I want to see what all the hype is about. I want to check out Jesus for myself. And that's a very rational response. By the way, 2,000 years later, Jesus is still by far the most famous person who's ever lived. And any intelligent person owes it to themselves to put in a little bit of effort to find out who Jesus is and what he says. And that's why a place like hope makes so much sense, because faith starts with thinking. There's this line in Hebrews that says, by faith we understand. And the word understand means we start, our belief starts by thinking, by looking at the evidence ourselves and making our own conclusions. So you might say, I have faith. But if what you mean by that is, because my parents believed in God, I believe in God, like, that's not faith. That's not faith at all. That's brainwashing. That's anti-intellectualism. Faith starts with you taking your own look at the evidence and coming to your own conclusions. And that's why an academic institution rooted in Christianity makes so much sense, because we give you the chance to look at the evidence and make your own conclusion. And that's what Zacchaeus does. Jesus comes to town and he says, I want to see what all the hype is about. Now, what's really interesting is there's a barrier between Zacchaeus seeing Jesus, and the barrier happens to be the crowd. And Zacchaeus avoids making a mistake that so many people make today, which is to judge Jesus by the crowd around him. Too many people judge Jesus by his fans. Too many people say, oh, I know a Christian. He was judgmental and he was uh, closed-minded, and that's all I need to know about Christianity. Or I knew a Christian and she was, uh, she was not authentic, she was not real, she was hypocritical, that's all I need to know. I knew a Christian, I didn't like the way they voted, that's all I need to know about Jesus. That's not all you need to know. You need to look at, the, you need to look at Jesus directly. Don't look at his crowd, look at Jesus directly. And that's what Zacchaeus does. He gets above the crowd so that he can look directly at Jesus. And what's really interesting is what Zacchaeus has to do to get above the crowd. He has to climb a tree. Climbing a tree is not something dignified adults do. It's something that kids do. And what it means is that for us to have a relationship with Jesus, we have to be willing to look a little bit silly. We have to be willing to swallow our pride a little bit, to give up a little bit of our dignity, but it's worth it. It's totally worth it because of what Zacchaeus gets on the other side. Because look what happens. Jesus sees Zacchaeus. And he calls him by name. Jesus is the only person in the story who calls him by name. Everybody else is just calling him sinner. You sinner. They're putting a label on him. Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to go to your house today. And this is where it really gets interesting because it's so contrary to the way most Christians think. Most Christians say, well, the way it works is first you have to repent and then you have to invite Jesus into your heart and then Jesus will come over. Then Jesus will come into your life. And that's not what happens here. Zacchaeus doesn't repent, at least not at first. Zacchaeus doesn't even invite Jesus over. Jesus invites himself over. All Zacchaeus does is he says yes. He says yes to Jesus, you can come over. And that's what makes him live differently. Jesus comes over, and if you keep reading in the story, what you find is that Zacchaeus gives back everyone he cheated four times the money he stole, and then he goes and gives half of everything he owns to the poor. He starts to live differently, but he starts to live differently because he said, yes, Jesus, you can come into my life. Yes, you can come into my life. And that's the way it always works. It always starts with grace. And then Jesus asks us to live differently. And the question is, the question is for you, as you hear Jesus call your name, by name, as you hear Jesus say to you, I know you, I made you, I've summoned you by name, I care for you, I love you, I came to earth to save you and die for you and you are forgiven. As you hear Jesus say that to you and then say, now go, go and live differently. The question is, what are you gonna do? How are you gonna respond to that? Because the gospel starts with thinking, but it doesn't end there. The gospel starts with thinking, but it's not just about ideas, it's about power, the power to change lives and the power for us as the people of God to change the world. And that's 
than what we're going to be talking about this semester. What do we do with that? What do we do when Jesus says, you're covered, now go and live differently? And for my next five chapel talks, that's what we're going to be talking about. And I'm excited. Thank you, and go in peace.